welcome back to the NC Real Estate Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm joined again with Lorenza. Good morning, everybody. And this week, we are going to be discussing why the right location isn't necessarily where you think. But before we do that, I really want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this and gives me awesome feedback. I always, always love hearing from you. So if you do listen to this and you think, oh my gosh, that's so amazing, or you have questions that you want to ask about it, please get in contact with me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk, because I'll answer everything that you send across to me. So don't be shy do get in contact with us because we're a firm that likes to stay open so that you get the right answers. So definitely anything comes up on here, we'd love to hear from you. So do get in contact. Great. So um, I think let's get started this week. Um, Firstly, thanks a lot for your video, why the right location isn't isn't necessarily where you think. Um, It definitely got, I think, a lot of our audiences thinking about you know how what what is the best system for actually finding that right property yeah um, yeah so um and i think that investing in the right location has to be one of the most crucial um elements in property investing um and it's simply something you have to get right from the word go um yeah, so let's get into a couple of questions um, that our audience asked and and that I have, you know, to also bring to the forefront. Um, the first thing is, what, what struck me um, was in your video, you mentioned that there are a lot of people who buy investment properties without even seeing them first. For me, this absolutely seems ludicrous. Um, there seems to be so much at stake, especially since there is so much money involved. What do you think leads people to make these potentially rash decisions? So there were so many schemes out there um, that seem to be just advising that you buy property based upon upon what they say. You know, they've seen the property, they've gone out and vetted it for you. Uh, all you have to do is pay them the money to go out there and find it and then Basically, it's a done deal for you. They guarantee the rent. They guarantee the um, mm-hmm. how long you're going to get income for. They guarantee the quality. They guarantee everything. But it is so, 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 so dangerous. How can you go out there and trust someone to give you that information? And to put it in perspective for you, because this is something that I come up across with far more than I thought I ever would, and it's actually terrifying. Um but to put it in perspective for you, as a chartered surveyor, it is not something that I am regulated or able to offer a service on. So if regulated firms and people who actually are accredited to these um, RICs or ARLA, so RICs being the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, if we can't offer this, why are you taking packages like this from people who are unregulated? Because you have got no comeuppance. So that is the first thing that I wanted to make to point out, that it is dangerous because you're taking you are taking advice from someone who probably has done it before so from that respect if they've done it before then you know they've got some skills in doing it but if they if they can't guarantee you anything and they've probably you've probably signed contracts which say that they aren't going to be taking any responsibility for the things that you buy um, and they are they've just basically taken away their liability then what makes you trust them they've done the right thing for you? And going further than that, when you start managing the property and you're looking after it, you are responsible for your own property. No matter what happens, you are responsible for your property. So even though you, 
you could never say something goes wrong in a property. Say I'm your tenant and um, I go to you and I say, oh, you as my landlord, my, you know, there's no heating today. And you go, oh, well, I don't know how to turn that back on. You know, I bought it off someone I've never seen it before. You can't do that as a landlord. You can't just pass the buck. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to go out there and see these things. So how can you run the damn thing if you have no idea what it is that you've bought? So it's scary. It's absolutely terrifying. But what makes people want to do it is the fact that they think it's easy. They think that buying property is you buy it, you take it on board, you don't do anything with it, you just let someone else run it for you and you get the income. But actually that will one day come back and bite you in the bum because one day that company is just going to not be around. I mean, once they've made enough money, surely they're going to be off into the sunset doing whatever they want to do and you're going to be left with a property that um, you are going to have to look after. So make sure it's a property that you want to look after. Yes. Yes, it seems as though um, there's, you know, not really a quick buck to be made. Um, there are certain processes and procedures that you need to follow in order to really, you know, make this a profitable business. Um, it's not playing the lottery. <laughs> exactly. But it might work for some people for a couple of years. And this is why people keep doing it. So I'm not saying yes. that it doesn't work from the, off, from the go, because obviously it does work from the go. This is why people get involved with these schemes. But I think yes. that, you know, you're buying, what people are offering seems to be the cheap end of the market. So you're buying a property that with these huge yields, but not a lot of ca capital in, so, you know, 40, 50, 60 grand properties to put in yes. tenants. But again, this could be at far-flung places in the country. And if you, you've never seen them, you don't know the area, how do you know that you're going to continuously get a rental income from it? How do you know that in 10 years' time, say, that area is just going to be completely kind of no longer the prime area or no longer an area where people want to live? And in which case, how do you know when's best to sell your investment? So it's, it's a bit of a... It, it will work short term, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating that you go out and do this because I personally think that it's really a bad idea, but mm -hmm. I'm sure for a lot of people it works short term, um, but it's really not good, not a good long idea. time. <laughs> no, no. All right, um, yeah, so no, I understand, you know, um, it is people... You know, who knows? Maybe they are in a desperate situation. They've only got a limited amount of money and they just think, you know, maybe this is the way out. And it's and it is a rash decision and it maybe even comes from a place of desperation, yeah. you know. Um, and um, but it's important to realize that it is not it is not a, a you know, kind of a permanent investment or a long term investment. It is really just short term and um, you're either going to hit it lucky or you're not. Exactly. And, and really are no guarantees. So um, it, is, it is dangerous and, and rash. And when you decide that you're going to be a longer term landlord and that this is, you know, you're going to start building your property, you're actually going to want to build a strategy. And this property might not fit in with the strategy. And so you're going to need to make sure that, you know, you're adapting it and you're making it work for you. You cannot just offload this stuff to other people and just be like, yeah, okay, it's theirs. I'm making a little bit of money. Fine. You know, that's not how portfolio strategy works. That's not how clever asset management strategy works. That is just kind of a, 
shot in the dark. <laughs> so I think if it's working for you and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, well, she's in the wrong, fabulous. Like, I'm glad you've made a decision and it's really working for you. But was it a decision that you made rationally with your goals in mind and looking at your portfolio strategy? Or was it someone's told you that this is a good investment, you've bought it and it's kind of working out for you? Because if it's a second, this could be dangerous going on down the line. Okay, well, well, thanks for that. Thanks for that opinion. Um, the next thing that came up was that in your video, um, you mentioned that a lot of estate agents offer a guaranteed rental period. Um, as I'm quite new in the industry, could you explain what the guaranteed rental period entails? Um, is this something that all estate agents offer? What is the normal length of time of this period? Could you just kind of walk us through um, you know, what, what, what is this and what does it entail? Um, so it, it's really managing agents and kind of investment firms who are doing this, I've seen. Um, and I don't think it's particularly, again, I don't think it's regulated, but basically you buy a buy-to-lay investment from them and they guarantee that you're going to get rental income at X amount of yield for a certain years. So it varies, it really does. I've seen it for one year, I've seen it for two years, I've seen it for three years, I've seen it for five years. So it really varies on how long they offer it. The yields vary as well, depending on where you are in the country and how much you're buying the property for. What mm -hmm. I would say is that when um, people have come to me and offered me this service, it's not something that I look at because they always quote based on gross yield. And gross okay. yield means nothing. Gross yield is basically the rental income provided by the capital value of the property, um, which gives you a gross yield, which everybody thinks is really impressive because you can get the 12%, 10%, 8%. You know, these high yields, everybody's like, yeah, my property yields this much. It doesn't mean anything because you've got expenses after it. And it's the expenses that <clears throat> once you deduct that from your rental income and then you calculate net yield, that is what you should be looking at rather than gross yield. Yes. So guaranteed renting is, is fine because someone else is guaranteeing that they'll pay the rent for you, fabulous. Um, and it's kind of whether you want to do that or not, some people are really happy doing that because actually it means that they buy a property and they've got a tenant in there from the beginning, they know how much they're getting in and they kind of can calculate it from there. Other people don't like it quite so much because it means that they're stuck with that tenant or they don't get to choose their own tenant. Um, I guess it swings and roundabouts. My, I think it's great because obviously you've got a tenant in there once you buy a property, so it makes it really easy for you. The thing that I don't like is the fact that it's being quoted wrong and you're not getting the correct figures. So if you are entering into this, please make sure you know what the service charge is. Um, make sure any other costs like ground rent are you, what are you paying for your tenants to go in there? Are you going to be furnishing the property? Have you cal calculated a void period? Just really look at all the costs associated with doing this and then calculate your yield because it might not be the awesome yield that you think it is. But at yes. the same time, it depends on, it really depends on your strategy. If, it, if you are just into buying buy-to-lets and having them rented out quickly, then this is probably for you to start off with. Because after the period is up, you can go out and get your own tenants anyway. But just make sure that at the end of the guaranteed rental period, you're going to be able to get tenants in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, which obviously connects um, to location and um, <laughs> what kind of, of location is, is, um, is it somewhere where people want to be? Is it where they need to be? Exactly. 
Um, okay, next question that came up um, was, what is the best thing to do if you have found yourself in a position we have bought in the wrong area? Um, is it to sell and get out immediately? Or would you recommend something before this step? No, I, do, I, I think selling and getting out immediately is rash. Um, I think with all of these things, you need to start looking at all your different alternatives. Um, for example, even if you think it's the wrong area now, have a look at what's planned for the area over the next couple of years. Are you going to be getting extra transportation? Is there going to be new hospitals, new schools? Is the university going to be developing? What about the retail areas or the office parks? All of that. Have a look at what's going on in your local area and what the plan is. Because as much as certain areas do sometimes go downhill, and unfortunately they do, it's all part of gentrification, um, but unfortunately so you do sometimes find areas fall out of favour with local renters, but you never know, that comes in circles, and it just depends on how quickly that circle is going to come about, um, and whether you can afford to weather the storm as well. So if you've got a small mortgage and you can afford to take a cut in rent, maybe it will work for you, maybe it won't. I think the best thing that you need to do is plan for the area if you can make more money out of it in the next couple of years then fabulous I, I would keep hold of it and really hedge your bets and see what goes on in the next couple of years if development is coming in and, and local council and local landlords local developers are going to be making the area um, a lot better but if you cannot at all foresee that happening and you really think well you know this is this is really difficult I don't think I'm ever going to be making the money then yes definitely look at look at selling um, you know it might be worth if there is development going on in the local area and you do decide to, to sell asking one of the local developers if they want to buy it off of you or taking it to a local auction where local developers can snap it up that's probably the way that you would get most of your money um, mm -hmm. but I would really it's a great question because a lot of people would jump on the fact of I'm going to go sell out, sell it immediately. And I don't think you should. I think you should really plan what's going to happen and get the full facts first. Spend time even reading your local newspaper because all the news goes in there. Or searching your local planning department website and see what's going on there. Read the property news because they're always saying where the best, you know, where it's best to invest and where new developers going in and really kind of follow what's going on with that. And obviously you don't have a crystal ball. We'd all love to have a crystal ball and see what's going to happen in five years time, 10 years time. But make a guess about like a reasoned guess about what's going on based on what you know is happening in the local area. And look, you know what, if at the end of the day you say to yourself, no, I'm never going to make money out of this property again, blah, 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 sell it. You know, don't have it sat on your back, yes, causing yes, you yes. stress. But I wouldn't mm -hmm. do that as your first. Don't just, oh my God, panic and then go and get an estate agent on the case. Don't do that. Have a look yes. at the local area and find out what's going on. Yeah, as you said, you know, kind of look at the future trends. Um, and it may also be a good idea to look at past trends. Go and look at the kind of archives of what's been going, uh, you know, on in the past. Has has yeah. there been one of the circles that you've been talking about? and and how long has it gotten to the point of, you know, the next point of the circle, if you know what I mean? Exactly. And also, if you're really concerned that an area is going downhill, why don't you take it to your local council and say something? You could only, mm -hmm. people can only change stuff with knowledge. So if you've got a reason for why it's not working and you can see, oh, well, clearly it's because this shop's not been let for ages and, 
you know, we've had the shutters down and it's looking awful, or, you know, there's certain things that are going wrong, why not try and do something about it as well? Why not, as landlords, we kind of have a, we have a responsibility to go out there and protect the areas that we're buying in as well, so that it's constantly a place that people want to live, so why not get involved with the local community? If if you're concerned, like, do something about it rather than sit around complaining, because that does nothing. So, if it, yeah, there's so much that you can do. Don't just think that selling it is the first option. Obviously, it is an option. Like, I'm not saying don't sell, but I'm mm-hmm. saying look at other things and go out there first. and see what you can do. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. Um, next thing I'd like to ask you is um, the process of property, oh, well, oh, oh, sorry, of properly researching the right location for your next property investment Um, often seems quite laborious. Um, You mentioned some of the key characteristics that are essential to buying in the right location, um, from an area having schools and hospitals, universities, um, and public transport. Aside from that, I really loved your tip about speaking to taxi drivers to really get that info about a place that you wouldn't otherwise find. So, would you mind sharing one particular conversation that you had with a taxi driver that really offered you an insight that you wouldn't have been able to get anywhere else? Yes, I was um, looking around Liverpool and um, when I was in Liverpool I was making a point of getting different taxis from different properties to properties and I was in one taxi with one driver and he was asking me what I was doing and I was explaining to him about you know, investing in properties and buy-to-lets and really having a look around. And he took me to one property and he said to me, I don't really like the thought of you getting out here. I was like, oh, really? Why? And he goes, I just, I just don't think, I just don't feel comfortable with the fact that you would be investing here and you would need to um, come up here and see your tenants. It's just not a very nice area. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I was a bit kind of thrown by that. But I said I wanted to see the property anyway. And he's like, that's fine, but I'm going to stay in here. How long do you think you're going to be? And the fact that that oh. taxi driver waited outside this development for me, even though he wasn't on the clock anymore, so he'd done it out of the goodness of his own heart, it really yes. made me feel like, actually, for me personally, that's not a place I want to be investing in. Because... As a landlord as well, it's really important that you feel comfortable going to your own properties. You know, someone might be comfortable living there. That's absolutely fine. But you as a landlord need to feel like you can go there if you need to, um, Mm -hmm. to inspect or or whatever you need to do. If you're doing it up at any point, you need to be able to go to your own properties. And that made me feel very kind of uncomfortable. And if I didn't want to live there, why would my tenants want to live there? I know I could find tenants, but... Yeah. Would I be getting the sort of tenant that I wanted in there or would I not be getting the sort of tenant I wanted in there? And that really, really made me think that actually it probably wasn't a good idea to be buying in that certain location. Now, other yeah. investors might go there and think, oh, actually, I'm fine with this. I'm buying here. But for me, mm-hmm. that, that really gave me an indication of where would be a good place to buy and where wouldn't be a good place to buy. And there's certain places in Liverpool which I absolutely love and will be looking forward to investing in. But then that place that I was at at the time, it just didn't it didn't work for me. I didn't get the feel. And maybe the taxi yes. driver put me off too much. But at the same time, looking around, it was a bit of a awkward location to be in. So, and that was great. And that's a real step, like a real thing that I take with me every city that I go. If you can jump in an Uber 
or you can jump in a cab and you can find out exactly what is going on. Cab drivers are normally quite honest with you. It's kind of in their nature to be. They like chatting, so they're going to tell you what's going on. Um, The other thing that you can do is go to local pubs and sit in there and speak to locals. You know, find yes. out what's going on. Because um, that's that's a really useful way of doing it. You want to speak to people and find out what they want in the area. If it's not an area that's local to you. Obviously, anybody can go up and have a look around houses. It's open for you to do it. But really get a feel of things. And know it's, that... It's, a, it's about a sense. A sense yeah. of... Of, of what the environment is like. It's aside from the fact. It's kind of more instinctual or, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. And you you would go to a place and you would think, oh, it's, it's absolutely fine. I really like it. And I would go to a place and think, ah, it's not for me. So everybody's got their own, um, everybody's got their own comfort zones. And I really suggest going and doing research into your own comfort zone because only you will know. And this goes back to question one when you were asking me about how what people were going to or buying properties without even seeing it. How do you know that you've bought a, a property in a location that actually works for you? Because you could get up there one day and go and see it and think, oh my gosh, I really don't like it around here. And then that will change your whole perception of the property that you own, which... Yes isn't great because you don't want to be trying to rent out something that you don't personally, you can't advocate for yourself. So that makes it really difficult. So I think definitely go and get a sense of what's going on. Get a sense if you would like to live there yourself, because usually if you would, then it's a great place to buy a rental property. Yeah, I actually this past weekend went to a friend's house and she's just started renting a new apartment. And the inside of the apartment is just uh, really beautiful, bright and clean, uh, parquet flooring, big windows. I mean, the whole thing is just lovely. Yeah. Um, but I just I just parked outside the apartment block and I just, my heart, before I'd even gone into the apartment and my heart just dropped and I was oh, like, really? no, I don't like this place at all <laughs> and I felt very uncomfortable parking even outside of the building wow. you know once I got in I think that's actually something that people can get you know it's very tricky because the place is lovely and it's been maintained well inside but just you know getting out of the car and walking to your front door if that's not a good feeling no, uh, no you've probably made made the wrong decision exactly and you've got to think that you want to sell that to tenants you want people mm. to live in there and I just don't think I, as a landlord, couldn't give that to a tenant, I don't think, if I didn't think it was safe outside. And if you can't leave your car there, unless you're in, like, real central, central city where you don't need a car, you do actually need to be able to walk between your car and your front door. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so the last um, the last question I have to make um, is um, also in your video... Um, I really love the example of Donald Trump's father, uh, grandfather, sorry, uh, Frederick Trump, and how he had the insight to provide accommodation to miners during the gold rush. He saw great potential and he took it. So my question is, aside from investigating an error from you, uh, for yourself, what other ways are there to make sure you are making the right choice in your next property investment? I would think, I think this is, this is a real good question because there are so many different choices that you can make. I wouldn't say that anything is a bad investment. Um, 
up until the point that you can't rent it out. So that gives you so much option. It gives you option to buy pretty much anywhere. But if you want a really, really lucrative deal, you need to start getting your nose to, your, to the ground and see where development is going to be happening. So it's not where it's already pipelined for the next six months. It's where it's people are going to be coming in the next four, five, six years. So mm -hmm. you know if there's going to be major development somewhere, um, then actually that's going to be bringing a workforce because there's going to be the developers, the contractors, people who are working on the site, developing the area, and you want to provide accommodation for, for them. For example, Manchester is kind of it's it's kind of at the top of the market at the moment but people really when they heard about um the northern powerhouse ideas where there was going to be new transportation and there was going to be the additional things to the um airport and the city was going to be really developed people were flocking in there to invest but you have to get into cities like that early to get the very best deals and People have been doing that in Birmingham for a while. It happened in Bristol. Obviously, it happens in London. The minute an area looks like it's up and coming, people are down there buying the property. So you really need to get on, on site first, I guess. You need to be in the area as it's up and coming, as it's almost kind of benchmarked for development. or That's what you need to be on the ground looking for. Yes. But also... So making sure that um, you're you're making the right choice in your next property in investment, well, there's always the standard things. People really lo live love living near the centre of town on good transport links. And obviously they really love being close to good amenities, but not noisy amenities. So not above bars and clubs and places like really loud roads. So always really consider that. Make sure your flats or your apartment or your building or your property is really in a kind of quiet area where your tenants can get a peaceful night's sleep it's in a safe mm -hmm. well-lit area um, mm -hmm. and I think once you start getting those things under your belt and you know that that's the sort of thing you're looking for investments then become easier to find I also know that there's a, there's kind of a stigma over buying ground floor flats at the moment no one wants to buy ground floor because they perceive it to be unsafe but ground floor flats with gardens really make good rentals because tenants love having gardens. It's something which you don't mm -hmm. find that often in flats at the moment. Obviously, you mm -hmm. don't find it with flats. And tenants don't really like shared gardens either. So if you buy a ground floor apartment and it's got a garden out the back, which is solely for their use, that is awesome. They are going to absolutely love that. So don't be put off ground floor flats if it's got really, really good space. Yeah, rather maybe invest in a bit more security if that's if that really is the the issue. Yeah, um, exactly. And if it is an issue, if mm. it is an issue, I don't I don't really know. If I was a tenant, I'd buy a ground floor flat. I guess also it makes it easier to move into the property, so you don't have to get everything in the lift. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, you, you know, I've been recently looking as well for something, and some of my criteria is it must have a small garden. I will not live in an apartment above. I mean, I'd like to live. You know, an apartment's actually great, but it must be on the ground floor. And I don't care if it's you know three meters by three meters. I need a patch of ground. It's it is the, personally one of the most important things for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. And um, so I think that's it from my side. Uh, if there's anything else you'd like to mention, 
um, regarding how people can contact you or where we can share some information or discussions? Yeah, so we, if you listen to our podcast before, you know that we run a blog over on www.ncrealestate.co.uk. If you didn't know that, head there now because it's awesome. We're always updating things over there. We run a Facebook group as well called Property Investment Mastery. And that's a closed group on Facebook because we want the best landlords over there. So if you are a landlord and you want information, come over and join us. That would be great. We'd love to have your feedback. You can also ask us questions and we answer things. We put over posts daily and we're always doing Facebook Lives and we're making sure it's as interesting as possible over there. We have mm-hmm. a YouTube channel, which um, is also awesome. Um, to get to be the first people to find out about our videos, go over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk, sign up for our mailing list, and then you will get our videos every Wednesday morning. And they are awesome. They're always about new topics. And then from that, ask us questions, and we come over here onto the podcast, and we answer the questions that you've asked us over the week. And if you do want to get in contact, you want to catch up with me for a call, I offer all of our new clients a free 60-minute discovery call. So again, www.ncrealestate.co.uk, All the joining instructions are over there, so make sure you go on book. Let's see what we can do for you. If you didn't know, I run ncrealestate.co.uk. Yeah, ncrealestate.co.uk. We're a firm of chartered surveyors, and we bring you the best property investment advice, coaching, mentoring. We help you become the best property investor. So that is what we are here to do. And with that, that brings us to the end of our podcast for this week. Thank you, Lorenza, for coming over and joining me this morning. Yep, thanks for the chat, Natasha. Appreciate it. (laughs) No problem at all. And thank you, everybody, for coming over and listening to us. And we'll catch up with you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.